Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Furman Sports Weekly, your uh, weekly look inside the athletic department at Furman University. I'm Dan Scott, your host, the voice of the Paladins, and this is Season 2, Episode 17. Good to have you with us. Thank you for continuing to uh, support what we do here on Furman Sports Weekly. And as I always remind you at the beginning and end of the program, if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, anything you'd like us to uh, talk about, anybody you would like us to interview, please send me an email, dan.scott at furman.edu, dan.scott at furman.edu. Just if you like the show or you don't like the podcast, we want to hear your feedback, so drop me a line when you can uh, our uh, interview today is with third-year Furman softball coach Wally King. He was a guest on my show on Friday of last week. Uh, so just to give you a, a, a date and timestamp, that was January the 31st. Uh, this podcast is dropping if it goes off on schedule uh, on February the 4th. So uh, as we're talking here and, and getting ready to to spend this time with Wally King, they're four days away from their season opener on February the 8th. And you talk about a challenging schedule. They'll play 28 games on the road before they play a home game. And, and we, we start by talking about this schedule. That'll see only 11 games played at Pepsi Stadium here on campus in 2020. So here is our interview for this edition of Furman Sports Weekly with Paladin softball coach Wally King. Beautiful spring day where it's uh, snowing. <laughs> you know, the haze is starting to clear off of Paris Mountain a little bit, and you can actually see some spots up there where uh, there has been a little bit of snow accumulated. And what I saw on a, a flash weather statement earlier this morning, it said anything above 4,000 feet elevation, there was going to be some accumulation. We're starting to see that now. Down here where we are, it's just a little bit of a, a flurry here and there that slowed up just a bit. Perfect day for softball practice, Wally King. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How you doing? It's great. Very good. You? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. I don't have to practice in this kind of cold yeah, weather. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how you been, man? I've been great. Great. I'm I know getting, they're getting after it, and so we're just we're just loving what we're doing right now. I know there've been a lot of things going on uh, with you personally here in, in the off season, and I would imagine that uh, with some of that uh, kind of getting back to work full speed, had to be a little bit of therapy for you. Yeah, it was good. It was good to get back here and then really get you know get going with everything and and we got a lot to do, um, as as you know, with our schedule and and uh, where we're going with that. So yeah, let's let, let's let's start there, <laughs> because as I I was uh, preparing uh, for this a little bit and doing some research and talking to some of the folks in the SID office, the the thing that jumped out at me is uh, you play how many games total? Fifty six. Fifty six, just like baseball. You have 11 home games and only eight home dates. Yes, sir. How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. That's bad head coaching deal. Uh, yeah, just no. It, just, was, it, was, yeah. A, it was a process. Of yeah, things, it, right? was, it was. A, it was based on some timing issues uh, with some changeover with some with some staff and and kind of some of those changeovers came during a time that uh, you know really a lot of the scheduling's done and, and and based on the timing when I got hired uh, that first year which is really the middle of the year. So we just missed out on some opportunities to put some things in place and try and bring people here. So, um, And there was also a relationship that the prior staff had where they put some uh, tournaments together and it was combined sites. So, But they had moved on and didn't want to do that anymore. So really left us kind of trying to uh, just set some things up this year, 
just to make sure we were staying competitive, getting our games in. Um, and, and so we're out where we are. Now, we've looked at next year, and obviously we've, we're looking at five home tournaments next year. Hopefully we've kind of proposed the schedule and looking at almost a flip-flop, 40-plus home and 12 to 15 on the road. So it, we'll, we'll get it back where, where we love to have it and bring some of those northern teams down and, and show them how beautiful the campus and, and the area is. But uh, So this year certainly uh, is going to be a challenge just from that perspective alone. What, how far in advance in the world of college softball are you doing your schedules? Is it like football where you're trying to schedule certain games five, six, seven years down the road, or is it in a much more compact window? It's much more compact window. It's, it's really a year to year and a half. Typically, you're out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, get, given the, the situation that you walked into, you're, you're starting your third year here at Furman <coughs> this year. Uh, the first year you were the interim coach, uh, and, and now so so you're number three. Um, on top of everything else is going on, now you've got to walk into that and, and assume that as well, kind of right in the middle of everything. Yeah. So you had that schedule. You had uh, <coughs> you had recruiting, mm-hmm. which obviously uh, you know, but for the time I came in was actually you know for the for the upcoming year was the the recruits were really done already, um, and we were kind of past that window, and and so really. You know, you look at uh, the schedule, which we're a little bit behind. Um, even though this is my third year starting, I really have my first uh, recruiting class here this year. So I've I have six players out of our fifteen this year that that I've recruited, um, and then uh, so just based on the timing. So it seems weird, uh, sort of odd that I'm in my third year and it's really the first group of kids that I've had in. Um, that I, from my si- standpoint, as far as the recruiting side, but. Um, that's just where we are, and, and uh, so we're excited about everybody who's here and, and can't wait to uh, get on the field with them. Well, what kind of work have you been able to get in so far? How's the team looking? Well, uh, this year's been much better than last as far as January went. Last January, I think we got four practices on the field because we had so much rain. Mm-hmm. So we've been much better this year. Um, you know, always appreciative of, of Coach Harker and his staff and, and, and the baseball squad uh, allowing us to go in there and, and use their facility. They're, they're always opened us working around obviously they have their time so we'll go in typically a little later but so we always have options to get done what we need to get done but uh you know it's uh the work's been good uh been crazy busy with it uh, a lot still a lot of new faces a lot of people still competing for positions really don't have a set lineup or or positions locked in yet everybody's just competing safe to characterize this as a young team yes Yes, it is. Uh, you know, you just use the pitching staff as an example. You've got uh, – so we have our number one pitcher coming into the year is out all year with an injury, so she's so she won't be available all year. Our number two uh, transferred to a different program, um, and I know we're going to talk a little bit later about some of that. But uh, so she would have been our number two. Um, so we have our number three is a player last year who just a competitor lover, man. She stepped up last year and we had injuries as well and, and said, hey, coach, I can help out. I pitched in high school. Well, she was a junior, so she hadn't pitched in two and a half years, three years. And um, she stepped up and, I mean, she threw 19 innings last year and did a heck of a job for us. Well, she's our number one now. Mm-hmm. Well, she, I'm sure her nor us as a staff anticipated that happening, but just where we are right now. So we have a number one who's got 19 innings total in in college um, and didn't come in as a pitcher. And then you have a number two who we brought in from LMU, who was a freshman last year and, and, and got some limited time there. But uh, we're, we're, uh, 
we're too deep on the mound, and we actually had a situation the other day, which is crazy, but sometimes that's the way it is at mid-major when it's tough to have depth, especially in one position, um, and then you lose some people unexpectedly late, um, is we had, a couple, we had a bunch of people lined up and had them throw to see if they'd ever pitch, and a couple of them actually looked pretty good, so we'll start to work with them in the pen as, as uh, possibly a number three or number four, depending on what we need, but... Uh, so, again, that's, that's kind of what we've been practicing for. So we know, one, is we're going to have to score runs. Mm-hmm. So we have been spending a ton of time, and, and I've always spent a ton of time on hitting anyways, but our practices have been, you know, two-thirds hitting, one-third defense. Now, we're going to have to pick it as well. So we're going to have to be good because neither one of our pitchers are strikeout. They're, they're contact kids. They're doing a great job. They did a great job this fall. Mixing speeds, keeping people off balance, and that's what we're going to have to do. But we're not going to get the easy. We're not. We're not going to be hammering out, you know, ten, twelve strikeouts a game. Um, so we're going to have to make plays, and uh, so, and we're also going to have to get creative because we may have to run some shifts and we may need to do some other things because it won't be overpowering pitching. But it, but it can be effective pitching. And I've talked to them a lot about a Greg Maddox type style, and that's who we're going to be. We're going to be Greg Maddox on the mound, and we're going to we're going to throw pitches at. They can hit and they can hit it hard, but they can't keep it fair. And then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna go here, we're gonna go there, we're gonna move it around, we're gonna change speeds, and we're working on, you know, two, three different speeds on different pitches, and 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 that's gonna be our game plan uh, from the circle. Well, what's the old saying? Necessity's the mother of invention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> kind of find yourself so, in that spot right now, that's right? That's where we're at. So now, <clears throat> having having said that, uh, I, I know that uh, you're. As all coaches are, you're, you're hot on the recruiting trail. Is there any promise uh, of uh, help in, in the future coming in? We have uh, we have nine incoming next year, which is – so this was my first recruiting class next year, uh, really where you could get ahead of the game a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have nine coming in next year, two pitchers, both, uh, both 64, 65. Um, so that'll be great. We'll be kind of back with more depth there on that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have another pitcher who's verbaled in the 21 class. So um, – big kid so you know we're excited about uh you know the future but we're excited about right now i'm excited about getting after it with this squad they've been working their tails off so well let's let's talk a little bit about uh this this year's team where where is your leadership going to come from uh it varies uh casey bigham who, who's a four-year starter casey a couple years ago first team she's been uh first team all conference a couple times casey really is uh, on our team, I would say she's that kid you could see going into coaching. She gets the game. She gets the nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really uh, really lean on her a lot for a lot of that leadership on the field and, and, and her taking some charge out there, uh, both on the field and in the locker room. Um, probably an overall, just from an athletic, you know, just almost by just the way she works is uh, Amanda Fleming. And Amanda Fleming just uh, – I equate, I, I look at things, and we go, we try and support everyone here. So our team goes to a ton of events. We go to as many as we can. We'll, we'll set up practices to finish so that we can get over to where we need mm-hmm. to be as a team um, and do things. And I look at Amanda Fleming as potentially maybe the best athlete here. I mean, th- the kid is unbelievable overall as an athlete. Um, so some of the things that we look for her to do uh, on the field uh, probably at this point, she's kind of the lead for the shortstop position, and, and that's obviously a huge lead position as well. And I believe, you know, just her leadership there and, and the, her work, I mean, her ethic is we're doing live shag when we're taking BP, and she's out there flying around the outfield. Could be a starter for most Division One squads in the outfield. I mean, mm-hmm. the kid is just working her tail off, and, and that's contagious, and, we, and everyone else is watching that. So 
those two really uh, stand out to me for, for that perspective. Oh, when, you, when you've got that kind of athleticism and good leadership at your two spots up the middle, uh, second base and, and shortstop, that's going to help you in a, a lot of areas. Absolutely. Visiting with Wally Keene, he is the uh, softball coach here at Furman University. They open on February the 8th. We'll talk about that coming up in just a bit. Uh, any impact freshmen who are going to get an opportunity early on? Well, I, again, we're so young. I mean, you know, we're seeing them in live BP. We're seeing them yeah. off the machine. We're seeing some things, but and, and they're all competitors, and, and uh, you know, we're excited about all of them. But, uh, you know, um, Riley Ludlam right now, uh, who's here, she's from Florida, uh, really showing some really good things uh, during our rounds of BP. Uh, really good things in the field. She she's projected to be a a starter at this point. Um, you know, Mariah Bull is a, a big strong athlete that we have from uh, California, who's in. You know, um, she's been tearing it up as well, and uh, just another one of those athletes, uh, one of those players that you just feel like is going to be able to uh, really have an impact. Um, and again, it's it's a jump up for all of these guys. And and so as we move forward, you know. They've got their travel experience, but now they're going to be on the road, like we've talked, 40, 44 games or whatever. Um, and they're going to be facing, you know, our first weekend we face uh, in, in one of the polls, number one in the country, Washington. So that's a different experience. That's, not, yeah. that's unlike anything they've experienced before. So, you know, and, and that's going to be a, a great time. And, and, and we're really looking at all these early games as just opportunities for us to grow and learn about ourselves and, and where we're going to go as the season progresses. And I always say, you know, whether – no matter how a game goes, there's always things you can take from it. And as long as we're taking the things we need to from that, becoming better for the next one, mm-hmm. and we're learning from it, we don't make those same mistakes, and th- then there's, there's all positives to be had. February the 8th, we mentioned, uh, is the opener in the, in the Buzz Classic in Atlanta. Uh, on that day, you'll play Ohio at 10 a.m. and host Georgia Tech at 6 p.m. And then the next day, on uh, Sunday, February the 9th, 3.30 against UAB and then 6 p.m. against that Washington club you just mentioned. So uh, nothing like opening up with your feet to the fire, right? Oh, you know what? And, and you know, there's there's different thoughts to that. Mm-hmm. Um, my thought is if you go and do that and you get an idea of what's going on, then, then the rest of it, it doesn't become easy. Mm-hmm. But at least you get a good idea of where you're at and you can start to plan for that. Um, I've never shied away from when I've scheduled uh, – you know, those types of programs. I mean, we've got uh, four or five teams that are in the top 25 first poll um, on our schedule. And, and we probably, from a depth perspective and some of the other things, people would say, I, yeah, I don't know if that's a great idea, but I always think it's a great idea. Why would we not go play some of those teams and, and give ourselves an opportunity? And, and we talk about dare to be great. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I say a lot to them, dare to be great. Go, go look to make great plays. And, and if you don't make it, you don't make it. But let's not be average. And so there's, no, there's only one way to dare to be great. And I, if I propose that to them all the time, I can't go and then schedule a light schedule and, and say we're, we're trying to be great. I mean, let's go challenge some people. Now, you certainly don't do that every day and every game. But you've you got to give yourselves opportunities to go and, and, and compete against the best. I think that's why they're here. And we have competitors on the squad and, and competitive coaching staff. And those are the things that we look to do. If I counted this right, as, as you're talking here, your, your first home game is on March the 10th against Pittsburgh. You'll have played 28 games. Did I count that right? You did. Uh, away from home before your first home game. Yes. 
Now, again, that's somewhat uncommon down here. Now, if mm-hmm. you go to if you go up north, right. those teams are doing it all the time. Certainly, it's a little different down here, but uh, it's not anything that I'm not used to from being back in the north. Um, but uh, you are correct. That's, we have to draw a map to get them to <laughs> <laughs> to the stadium by the time you yeah, get there. Exactly. You know, the, the thing about it, too, you, you talked about them being on travel teams, and so, so being on the road and doing some things uh, at, in, in amateur athletics these days prior to the collegiate level, it, it's not totally foreign to them. But this is intense. I mean, th- this is going to be a group of girls who are going to be together on the road for a long time, and, and it, it'll be intriguing to see how the chemistry develops. Well, so so chemistry obviously is a big piece for us, and and, and you know as I've taken over uh, two years ago, chemistry is a piece that we've tried to really focus on. And we had a lot of turnover early, so we had to re kind of build that. Um, you know, we lost seven starters, seven starters after that first year. As I was after I was the interim. Um, so we've been building back up with that, but the, uh, the chemistry and talking to the, some of the leaders that we've talked about and some of the other players is, uh, they've said this is the best chemistry the juniors and seniors are saying of any team they've been a part of to this point. And, and that's huge because that's going to be a big piece for us on the road. I mean, um, you know, and, and we talk about drama and lack of drama. We're not going to tolerate it. So we're going to figure out how to get along and, we're allowed to call each other out, and if we like something that somebody's doing, it's awesome. Give them some love, and if you don't, let them know that that's not okay. That's not how we do things. i, I got to be careful how I say this because you're talking about drama and everything. Um, uh, up until my oldest daughter got married in 2012 and moved out, there were four of us in the house. Three of them were women, and, and I know what, what that dynamic was like. You've got a locker room full uh, of women as a male coach in in this industry that that's another dynamic that comes into play yeah i've seen drama in in baseball teams so i I mean so i've seen drama no matter irregardless of gender but you know for us i mean i just think drama comes around no matter what what the gender is it's just a piece that seeps in and i think really it comes into uh you know drama is just a matter of not being forthright Mm -hmm. not not calling people out for things that you don't like and letting things fester and then talking about it behind the scenes. So that can happen anywhere. So for me, it's just a matter of don't let things go. Take care of what you need to take care of. And if you don't like something, let people know. And then you clear it up at this point. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a matter of just being open and honest with each other. And the more we do that as a, as a group, the better we're going to be. Continuing to visit with Wally King, the uh, softball coach here. At Furman, whose team opens up on February the 8th in Atlanta. They'll play four games over two days in the Buzz Classic there at Georgia Tech. So let's talk a little bit about the transfer portal. You you just referenced. You you lost a couple of kids who decided to move on, or at least one who decided to move on. We we hear about it more at the big school level, and it's dominated mostly by football and basketball. Is it a tool that can work for a school? This size, I, I know it's already it's already cost you, but is it a tool that can work for a school this size? Well, I, I certainly think it can work for anyone. I mean, it, we we have opportunities just like everybody else to bring someone in. Now, the challenge being, from my span, standpoint, and again, this isn't everybody's standpoint, but you know, I give you my my take and my feeling on it. It's a little more challenging as a mid major because mm-hmm. if you have somebody who's excelled and really taken off at that level. Um, you know, whether it be a, a mid-major kid that's 
tearing it up, and then they kind of get some love from a, a Power Five, which happened to us. So we have two kids that went in the transfer portal and moved on who were tremendous players, and I wish them nothing but the best. They're great kids. Um, and, 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 again, so that hurt us there. We brought in some players, uh, you know, in the fall that uh, we were trying to help kind of offset some of the pitching side. Now, if we would have gotten one of them, I'd say, hey, great for us. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a, it's, it's benefited us. Um, both those pitchers who were real high-level pitchers um, ended up going to other Power 5 schools. So it was between us and one other school for both of them, and they both went to Power 5 schools. So, again, it's tough to compete with the limelight and, and the facilities and all those other things that some people have. I, we have to find the right fit for us. I guess that's always the case. So for, he, for us here at Furman, we're finding that kid who really, really wants, first and foremost, that Furman ac- academics, that Furman education. So at the end of the day, all of our players are going to go on and be tremendously successful. Mm-hmm. That's every kid we've had since I've been here that's graduated are going on doing tremendous things. They're dentistry school, medical school, law school. They're going and doing great things. And they're going to be tremendous community members as they move forward. So that, that ultimately is, is the huge piece. Um, but it's a challenge. It's a challenge for us to go and get someone who can be an amp- impact player because a lot of times those players and are, are being pulled by some of the, the schools with the big budgets and the big, you know, just the Power 5 schools. So, again, can we do that? We can. Um, I think the bigger challenge and, and something that, you know, down the road will have to be addressed for the portal will be the fact that there's certainly behind the scenes a lot of discussion or ways that people are getting, letting some of these players that are excelling kind of at a mid-major or a Division two or a Division three. And they're, and they're all of a sudden, wow, they're really tearing it up. They could have probably played at a higher level. And, um, and maybe they went for certain reasons and they stay, but maybe some who didn't, and then they realize, wow, I've really, I've really you know, upped my game. Um, we, I find that a lot of players or parents are finding out that other schools have interest, and they're not really supposed to – it's not supposed to be right. that way. So the challenge is, is, is we've got to keep this equitable and we've got to make sure that uh, everyone's – kind of staying above board with with this whole thing and doing it the right way and i I do know that there's some of that behind the scenes that uh you know i it's not always done the right way but on my side i always feel like if a player wants to move and and they feel like they want to move for various reasons uh both our players loved it here and they they really enjoyed it again they just made the decision they wanted to go and have an opportunity new program whatever it is uh you know so for for me, it's it's their life, mm-hmm. so they're going to go lead it the way they want to lead it. So right. I'm not going to get caught up in that, and we're going to go with the players that want to be here. Right. So that's it. And I never I'm never going to hold that against anyone who's left. I'm never going to I'm not going to look and judge people who are doing that on the portal and making their. Everybody makes decisions for for their own reasons, and I'm not going to get caught up in why they do their things. We're going to worry about the players that are here, want to stick it out, want to want to get after it. Well, I, I can tell you just from experience with the Furman baseball team over the years, there's been uh, at least one example in, in, in recent years, and obviously I won't mention any names, but a, a uh, young man who came in as a freshman and as that year started drawing to a close, he was unhappy and looking for other opportunities before that season was even over, and it caused some friction inside the locker room. Mm-hmm. So if somebody doesn't want to be there or if they're questioning whether they want to be on your roster, in your team, that can cause issues behind closed doors that you don't want to have to deal with. Yeah. I, I kind of have a saying, uh, you know, if, if you want to be here, my door's always open. 
If you don't want to be here, my door is always open. Just don't stand in the doorway because you're blocking traffic. So I'm good either way, and, right. I, and I'm not going to dislike people because you go one direction or the other. The two, the two players that left us are great individual people, and, and, and man, I root for them completely. But we're going to spend our time on who we have right now, and, and we're going to get after it with the group we have who I, I'm tremendously excited about, and that's where we're going. Before we, we wrap it up, uh, let's talk a little bit about your Southern Conference schedule as we continue here with, with Wally King, the softball coach here at Furman. Who, who's the, uh, who, who's the uh, lead dog in this race in the Southern Conference preseason? Well, you have some different uh, kind of different profiles of squads. Uh, Chattanooga was picked to finish one by the, by the coaches in the preseason poll, um, mostly probably because they have the two top returning pitchers ERA-wise, uh, SoCon Pitcher of the Year last year, and, and then the number two who is back, and they both were under two ERAs. So they had the two lowest ERAs in the league last year, and they're both returning. Plus, they do have a really good loaded athletic staff, uh, you know, um, team. So, and also the preseason favorite uh, for Player of the Year. So, you know, they they have a lot of lot of things going on there right now that uh, present challenges when you play them. Um, they're gonna typically they're gonna hold you down, and you're not gonna score a lot off the, their staff. And they've got an off, explosive offense. So, so for them, they kind of have that combination. Um, You've got, uh, you know, you got a Mercer who's just explosive in everything they do. She's filled with lefties, athletic. They fly around. They cause havoc. Always a challenge to play them. Um, they always have good pitching. Um, but that's just, you know you got to be ready for everything against a Mercer. Samford has been, uh, Samford's really loaded from hitting standpoint. Uh, they hit through the lineup, <clears throat> challenging. Um, Really, the the player that competed with with ours last year, who won our player, who won the SoCon Player of the Year, their player who finished second in the votings back, and she's a tremendous hitter. They they're really good. She has several transfers from the portal that are now in mm-hmm. at their school. So, um, you know, they and from Power Five schools. So, you know, they're a tremendous athletic athletic team. Um, Everybody. I mean, really, we everybody in our conference. I mean, you, you even go to uh, ETSU, who every year he has them playing well in the tournament. Like they just always compete in the tournament every year, and they're they're always moving up. That Western Carolina. I mean, they're always in every game, and and they haven't been high up in the uh, in the league standings every year, but they're competitive and they're in every game. I think last year every game we had with them was a one run game, and his kids are always competing. So it's a, it's a tough conference. There's a lot of parity in our conference, so it could really go anyway. Yeah, it's going to be going to be fun to watch, uh, and, and and interesting to see how your team wears through that that 28 game gauntlet before you, you get the first home game. I imagine by the time March 10th gets here, uh, you're going to be one happy guy. <laughs> you don't have to don't have to load up a bus. Don't don't have to. You, yeah. Hey, let, let's let's play a home game, right? Yeah, it'll be exciting. It'll be great to be back here. But you know, again, the challenges we have: 15 players. Um, you know, two pitchers. So you have to be somewhat cautious. You can't overwork them. Right. Uh, even even from a training standpoint, you can't overwork them in the pen because they're going to have to throw. More than typical mm-hmm. when, when most squads probably will have a three and potentially a four to fill some innings. So we have to, on the backside of that, we just have to, you know, we have to be careful with what we do. We have to be efficient with what we're doing in the bullpen. We can't just throw to throw ever. 
We've got to throw for a reason, right. and we've got to get our work in and be done. And I've talked to them about that. So, you know, they're, they're like, I, I've talked to them about we've had to change some things. Warm-up. One of, one of the pitchers loves a little bit longer warm-up, probably likes to go for 15, 20 minutes. I said, it's got to be a five-minute warm-up because I can't have you throw 50 pitches in the pen every day before a game because that's going to add up over the course of the first couple months when we're on the road and, and – at some point, it's going to be a lot more innings logged on your arm. So right. we have to be efficient with what we do, effective. Uh, but you know what? We're excited with the group we have. We're going to get after it. These guys are all competitors. They're excited about the team we have. And, and uh, hey, we're going to go out and, and, and compete. And uh, we'll see where it lies. I'm not a big goal guy as far as looking at it and going, hey, I project this or mm-hmm. I project that. Let's go out. And, and we, we have saying, you know, hey, excellence isn't a sometimes thing. It's an all-the-time thing. That's what I talk to the girls about. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to go out and compete and be the best us we can be. And at the end of the day, that's all we can do. And as long as we're doing that, then, then we've won anyways. That's it. And then we go ahead and we evaluate. We, we come back. We tweak things. We get better. And, and uh, the more as we go through this season and find out more about ourselves and, and how to handle some things defensively with our staff and – we're we're going to be, you know, right there at the end of the year with everybody and uh, a team that's going to have a shot at doing the things we always want to do. Uh, speaking of staff, before we let it go, uh, Aaron Vale, Pete Berrios, you, you, you like the, the the combination of things you're getting as you've put the staff together? Yeah, yes, they're uh, it's a great staff. Um, two two people I know well that uh, come from different backgrounds. Uh, Pete comes back from some baseball side. Uh, was actually a minor league manager back in baseball back in his 20s for in the Oakland A's organization. Uh, has done some private training in baseball. Got into softball a few years back, and has been doing that. Um, and then Aaron Vale, who uh, he was in, he's been in softball, played in the men's game like I did. Uh, he he's been uh, Oregon State. Uh, he's been at, so he's been at high level, and uh, b- both bring tremendous knowledge uh, yeah. to the field. And uh, so really excited about the things we're going to have. We can pick each other's brains, um, come up with great plans, and, and, and give the kids the best opportunity to win. So, you ready to get going? Let's do it. I love it. Sounds Can't good. Can't wait. Wally, thank you. Thank you. Once again, we want to thank Wally for joining us and, and, and spending some time with us. Just a, just a heck of a guy. And as I said at the end of my show on Friday, uh, he's got some challenges that are not of, of uh, his own doing uh, with this program right now. And uh, with the transfers and some other things that have happened, this is going to be a very, very challenging season. But the script is going to flip next year with the, the schedule coming back tremendously in favor of the, uh, the Paladins and also some significant help from a pitching standpoint, coming in via recruiting. So don't sleep on this Furman team in the future. I'm excited to see. Uh, knowing what I know about Wally, I wouldn't be surprised if this team doesn't end up shocking some people in league play before this year is done. Uh, this has been uh, Season 2, Episode uh, 17 of Furman Sports Weekly. And again, if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, anybody you'd like us to talk to, by all means, drop us an email, dan.scott at Furman.edu. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening on a weekly basis. Please be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family and help us grow our listenership. Until next time, for all of us here at Furman Athletics, I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you. So long, everybody. 
and go Dens.